The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. And greetings, friends around the world. On the Tomorrow's World program, you will often have your eyes opened to a biblical truth you have never understood before. Are you willing to accept new truth if it is proved by the plain scriptures in your own Bible? If you are, then listen up. For I'm now going to reveal some plain biblical truths about Jesus Christ that most of you have never heard before. Some of these points they may seem to be shocking, and these vital truths could change your life. Stay tuned. My friends, did you know that most professing Christians have heard primarily about a false Christ and a false message which the true Christ of the Bible never preached? Listen to what your own Bible says. As I often say, don't believe me, believe the inspired words of your own Bible. Go get your Bible if you can. Check up on me. See what the Bible really says about these things. Most people don't study. They don't prove things that preachers tell them. Look in your Bible. See what the Bible actually says. Notice what the Apostle Paul was inspired to write. Turn to 2 Corinthians in your New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Paul writes, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes, listen, my friends, if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom you have not, we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, get this, a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel, Paul writes, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. My friends, millions and millions of Americans and Britons and Australians and others have been putting up with a wrong gospel. You need to understand that. A totally different emphasis. Have you believed in another Jesus? Have you believed in a different gospel? Are you willing to learn what the real Jesus Christ actually taught in your Bible? Then turn in your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Turn with me. You know that most professing Christians have the idea that somehow Jesus was born and he was just another man and he, he had God's spirit, but he was weak and he just looked tired and weak and didn't have any muscles and he looked sick and weakly on the cross. And he came along teaching a gospel of love and all we have to do is just give our hearts to Christ and we'll be saved. Presto changeo, we go to heaven. Christ never preached that. Turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Here is the beginning of the real Jesus Christ in his own gospel. John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice John, chapter 1, verse 1. 
That's what it says here. In the beginning was a being called the Word. And in the Greek, this means the word logos or spokesman. The Greek was logos, meaning spokesman, a revelatory principle. And this Word, this spokesman, who was in the beginning with God the Father, this spokesman was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him through this spokesman, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him the word was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. He came into this world, and the world did not know who he was. Notice in verse 11, he came to his own, the Jewish people, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Yes, that's what he did. He was from the beginning with God. He was a spokesman. And we come to find, as you read carefully your Bible, that he was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Moses and all the great men of God in the Old Testament. Notice in 1 Corinthians now, in your New Testament, 1 Corinthians now, chapter 10. Let's turn to chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians and notice what it says here. Paul is writing, he says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware of all that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and they all drank the same spiritual drink. All of ancient Israel, for they drank of that spiritual rock. Remember, back in Deuteronomy 32 and many other passages where it speaks of the rock, the rock, the rock of Israel, who was their God, that rock was Christ, it says right here. The rock of ancient Israel became Jesus Christ of Nazareth in the human flesh. And he was the one who revealed himself to Moses and spoke to Moses face to face. Read it in the book of Exodus. He's the one who spoke directly with Abraham. And when Abraham, or when Christ was on the way to destroy ancient Sodom and Gomorrah, the one who became Christ, the Logos, Abraham reasoned with him, as you see there. And many of the ancient prophets had themselves understood Christ. He was revealed to them. Notice now back in 1 John, if you would, near the beginning, near the end, I should say, of your New Testament, 1 John chapter 4, it says here in verse 12, 1 John 4, no one has seen God at any time. Yet Moses spoke face to face with God, the Lord, but the word Lord, Yahweh, was Christ who spoke to him. He was that rock. He didn't speak to face to face with God the Father. It was Christ Moses was dealing with. Notice back in John 8, 56 to 58, Jesus said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and was glad. They thought, how can this young guy who's just 31 or 2 years old possibly say that? And the Jews said, you're not even 50 years old. Have you seen Abraham? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And he used the very Greek expression from the Hebrew, which meant the ever-living one. In other words, he was God. He was the Logos. He was Yahweh, the one who had eternal life, the eternal one, the one with life inherent within himself. That is me, that before Abraham was, I am, I existed. They took up stones to stone him. They felt he was blaspheming. They knew what he meant by that. So the person who became Christ was the very personality who dealt with Abraham in the Old Testament. 
and he dealt directly with Moses later on. And David, David the king, he was that personality, the rock of Israel. Notice Matthew 22. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said, He's the son of David. And Jesus said, How then does David in the Spirit, in other words, guided by God's Spirit, call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. In other words, the Lord, God the Father, said to the Lord of David, who actually was Jesus Christ, and they didn't fully get it, as many of you have never been taught this before, that Christ was the immediate God of David, not God the Father. Christ was acting for the Father. The Father's not jealous of His Son. His Father had Him there doing this. He was the spokesman. He too is God. Christ is very God, and He was acting for the Father, the revelator of the Father. So then how does David say, The Lord said, God the Father to my Lord, sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls this Old Testament person Lord, how is he then his son? Why, we know because Christ emptied himself and came into the human flesh and died for us. He was trying to help them think about that, but they didn't get it, as most people don't get it today. The Lord of David, the Lord of Moses, was Christ. Christ was that God of the Old Testament. He's the one who guided and inspired King David, and he was the one David continually praised and worshipped in the book of Psalms over and over. Think about it. I'm pleased to offer you now, my friends, absolutely free, a truly eye-opening booklet entitled Restoring Original Christianity. So call or write today and request your free copy of this absolutely vital booklet, Restoring Original Christianity. With much biblical and historical proof, it will really open your eyes as to what happened to professing Christianity and what the original Christianity of Christ and the apostles was actually like. So call now. Request this important booklet, Restoring Original Christianity. You can also order this booklet on our website at tomorrowsworld.org. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Now, my friends, back to our topic, The Real Jesus the Jesus most of you have heard very little about. Remember, as I just showed you from your Bible, the one who was born in the flesh as Jesus Christ was actually the Word, the rock of Israel, the spirit personality by whom God created the heavens and the earth. And as the rock of Israel, he was the God of Moses. He was the one who actually gave the Ten Commandments. Yes, the one who became Christ was the God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Moses. 
he was the one who actually wrote with his own finger the Ten Commandments. That was Christ. He became Jesus of Nazareth. Now notice what the Apostle Paul was inspired to tell us. Turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. But as the margin said, and many scholars explain, and some translations have it, but he emptied himself. The word is kenosis from the Greek. It's an emptying. He emptied himself of the supreme power and glory that he had as the word, the logos, the second person in the God family who said, let there be light. And there was light. And God created all through him. He emptied himself of that power and glory to come into the human flesh. And he became an appearance as a man. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Christ was willing to empty himself to die for you. So when he died for you, how come his one life could pay for all of our sins? Because he was the creator of all of our lives in the first place. That's why most people don't understand that. If I create a whole bunch of toy soldiers, my life is worth more than all of those toy soldiers put together. There's no comparison. And in a sense, that's what God did. He made us through Christ. Christ is our creator. He died for our sins, and his life was worth all of ours and more put together. So he emptied himself and came into this human flesh to die. But what was Jesus' primary message in the flesh? Many people get that mixed up, and we need to understand that. Turn back to Mark, if you would. Mark 1, verse 14 Jesus said here, or the Bible says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching what? What did he preach? The gospel or the good news, what, about Jesus and just give your heart to Jesus? No, the gospel of the kingdom of God. A kingdom means government. And throughout the entire Bible it shows that. That's not some mystery. Modern theologians have tried to make it mean something else, a warm feeling in your heart or join the church or something. It does not mean that. It's talking about a government. He came preaching the good news of the coming world government of Christ with Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. That was his message. This world is all messed up. We're about to blow ourselves up. Most of our thinking people realize that. Something is terribly wrong. Because we have cut ourselves off from God. We need the real God of the Bible. If God is real and His kingdom is real, it better come back here soon. And it's going to. Christ is coming again. He preached the good news, the wonderful good news of the only solution to the world's problem, the kingdom of God. And He said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. It was the gospel of the coming kingdom of God. Not merely about his person, but the coming kingdom of God that would be set up under Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. Most professing Christianity has lost virtually all of this message. They don't emphasize that part at all. It's gone to them. They don't understand it. Listen, the vast majority of Jesus' parables were about the kingdom of God. He talked about it over and over and over again. I would spend this program and that ten programs in a row reading all the scriptures and explaining them about the kingdom of God all through Christ's gospels if I had time. But notice just a few. Notice here in chapter 13 of Luke. Notice verse 28. 
Jesus said, There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. There's a coming government of God coming to this earth. Notice in Luke 19 now, turn to the 19th chapter of Luke and beginning verse 11. Jesus spoke another parable. Here he was speaking another parable. And because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. The kingdom of God is not some warm feeling in your heart. It's a literal government that they thought was going to come back and kick the Romans out. Jesus didn't tell them it was something else. So he gave a parable about a nobleman who went to a far country to receive a kingdom and to return. He gives his servants these measures of money and told them to use it wisely, to, in other words, to improve what they had. And when he returned, verse 15, having received the kingdom, he then commanded those servants to whom had given the money to be called that he might know how much everyone had gained by trading. How much the true Christians overcome? How much do they grow in grace and knowledge? How much do they give themselves in service to God and to the kingdom of God and God's work and helping others and preaching the truth? Then the first came, saying, Master, your mina, a measure of money, has earned five minas, or ten minas, I'm sorry. And he said, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. And my friends, whatever we have in this life is very little. Have authority over what? have authority over ten cities. The true Christ preached the only real solution to the world's terrible problems, and that solution is the coming world government of God through Christ. Picture, my friends, this world's violence and war. Picture men butchering at you others. They're doing all over this earth in ethnic violence, religious violence, terrorism. These masses of human beings desperately need the real Jesus Christ back here on this earth as King of Kings. He is going to come. Notice Revelation chapter 11 now. Turn to Revelation chapter 11 in your Bible, and he describes these various trumpets that are going to be sounding at the end of the age and the various things that are going to happen. And then he talks about the final woes. He says in verse 14, the second woe is past, and the third woe is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of this world where you live, have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He, Christ, the real Christ of the Bible, will reign forever and ever. He will come back to this earth in mighty power. Every mountain and every island will be shaken out of its place. He will begin to shake people in their senses and they will wake up. He's going to return turn soon as King of kings and Lord of lords. And He will rule the world with a rod of iron. The true Christ is powerful and He will need that power to overcome the rebellious dictators and men of this world who've turned aside from God and just want their own way and will not obey the God of the Bible. They have their own ideas. They're not willing to change. Notice back in Psalm 72, if you would, this describes the time after Christ comes back to this earth. It's going to be a wonderful time. Psalm 72 and verse 1. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring forth peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the earth people. He will save the children of the needy. 
Jesus Christ has compassion and love, and he's going to rule with power over the dictators and rebels, but with great mercy and compassion on those who are in trouble and need help. He will save the children of the needy and break in pieces the oppressor. He won't mess around next time. He's not coming like a skinny-looking, weak-looking person. He's going to come with mighty power. Verse 11, Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries. He'll help the poor people, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and the needy, save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. When you see these poor people off in Somalia and Eritrea and all these places in Africa starving to death, and other young men over there butchering one another, and all through various parts of the Middle East and Asia, butchering one another, blowing each other, human parts flying here and there from these terrorists and their bombs. It's going to end. Christ is coming back to bring peace, genuine peace and joy to this earth. Thank God. That is the real good news. Again, my friends, I'm pleased to offer you absolutely free a truly eye-opening booklet entitled Restoring Original Christianity, the real Christianity of Christ and the Apostles, which has been lost. You need this booklet. This is a wonderful, revealing booklet. So call or write today and request your free copy of this absolutely vital booklet, Restoring Original Christianity. What was the original Christianity of Christ, the apostles, the early Christians really like? It's proved right here. It gives much biblical and historical proof. It will really open your eyes to what happened to professing Christianity and what the original Christianity of Christ and the apostles was like. So call now to request your copy of Restoring Original Christianity. You can also order this booklet online at our website at tomorrowsworld.org. That's tomorrowsworld.org. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Finally, my friends, the real Jesus Christ of the Bible taught over and over obedience to the Ten Commandments as a way of life. All through the Sermon on the Mount, he did it. Notice Matthew 5, verse 17. Matthew 5, verses 17 to 19. Read your Bible. Prove it. Check up on it. He said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And fulfill does not mean do away. It means fill to the full. For surely I say, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Notice verse 19. 
Whoever therefore breaks, that is in the future, he's talking future, whoever does break one of the least of these commandments, and he goes ahead and explains the commandment about killing, and in verse 28, the commandment about adultery. Those are the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. I would have to say even, even if he gets there. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Yes, if you're going to be in God's kingdom, you better not only teach, but do God's commandments. Back in Matthew 19, if you notice in your Bible, back in Matthew chapter 19, a young man came, good master, what things shall I do? What shall I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. This is Matthew 19, verses 17 to 19. Keep the commandments. And then Jesus began to name some of the Ten Commandments. You're to keep the commandments. Do you want eternal life? What was Christ's message? Just believe on me. Jesus said, keep the commandments. Notice back in Micah now. Turn to the book of Micah, chapter 4 in your Bible. Micah, chapter 4, and beginning in verse 1. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, that's our time, at Christ's second coming, that the mountain or kingdom, as it often used, of the Lord's house will be established on top of the mountains and exalted above the hills. The people shall flow to it. Many nations all over this earth are going to come up and say, He will teach us His ways. We will walk in His paths. For out of Zion, the law. You think he's talking about stoplights or traffic laws? The law of God, the Ten Commandments, shall go forth. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge among many peoples, rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war. Men have to be taught to fight and to kill. They're not going to learn that anymore. But everyone, notice, it'll be not communism, but capitalism. Each man will be rewarded for his labor it's a way of life. You can't steal because people have personal property. Everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. It will be peace and joy, for the mouth of the eternal of hosts has spoken. It shall happen. Peace on earth through obedience to Christ and his law, the Ten Commandments, through Christ living his real life in us, the kind of life he did live, he said, I've kept my Father's commandments. Will you accept the real Christ of the Bible? Will you accept the message of His coming kingdom, the kingdom of God, a kingdom based on God's great spiritual law, that way of life? May God help you to understand. May God help you to act. Keep watching, my friends, tomorrow's world program. Richard Ames and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning we invite you to join our guests, Wallace Smith and Rod King. They will give you special perspective and insight on vital biblical topics. So be sure to join us again next week, right here at this same time. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
to view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.